Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Today, I'm going to be bringing a message on the subject of favor. And uh, uh, we actually checked in. It's been 15 years since I spoke on the subject, so it's probably time to do that again. And I wrote a book on the subject several years ago. Baker Books asked me to write a book, and I, I wrote the book. And as you leave, there are tables out there, and there's a free copy for you of that book. And then tonight, we're going to be finishing the series on the blood. And I'm going to be talking about how you actually use. We've talked a lot about what the blood does, but how you use the blood to obtain victory and defeat the enemy. So that'll be tonight at five o'clock in the ground floor. But I'd like to start out right now, Luke chapter two, with the birth of Jesus. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Let me just take a break here. Um, you'll notice that the shepherds were in their fields. And uh, those of you who have been to Israel... Uh, know that it can get really cold in Israel. I think it was uh, two trips ago that we went in uh, Jerusalem. Now, Bethlehem is right outside Jerusalem, had a foot of snow. It is very unlikely, in fact, almost impossible, that Jesus was born in December. Almost everybody agrees it was probably in May, maybe, maybe April, June. That would be the time that the shepherds were out in the fields. Now, the actual reason why we celebrate it when we do is that a long time ago, uh, one of the popes decided we need to have a day. And there was actually a pagan celebration on the 25th of December. And he said, we're going to take that out. He said, we're going to celebrate something real instead of celebrating something that's not real. And we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter what day it is. We just need to do it. All right. So that's that's why we celebrate when we do. And uh, in in Israel in December, it's cold. And sometimes it snows. Remember the story about the man who goes down and kills a lion in a pit on a snowy day. I, I don't know about you, but I'm not camping out in the snow. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who's Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. On those to whom his favor rests. Now I want to be talking to you about the subject of favor. Now let me just say that when Jesus came, there were a lot of things that changed instantly. For example, in 2 Corinthians, it says that God is no longer holding or counting men's sins against them. Jesus came and paid for our sin. So your sin is not keeping you from God. It's been taken out of the way. Jesus came. He's healing the sick. He's casting out demons. And this is what they say. What new teaching is this? 
for with authority, he even commands unclean spirits and they obey him. They had never seen that before. There were a lot of things that changed when Jesus came. And one of those things is favor. Now, notice that it says, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, I want to kind of give you a a little bit of a definition here so we can keep going. But definition of favor would be this. The friendly disposition from which kindly acts proceed. E.W. Vine in his expository dictionary of New Testament words says this, quote, to assist, to provide with special advantages, to receive preferential treatment, unquote. Special advantages, preferential treatment. The world has a system, and it's the a favor system. If I do you a favor, what you, should you do for me? You should do me a favor. If I scratch your back, then I expect you to scratch mine. We reciprocate. Somebody does something, you're expected to reciprocate. But God's system is totally different. It is not a favor system. It is simply favor. And and in this, it's not something that you've earned. In fact, it is is the opposite of having earned it. You you receive it, although in the natural, it may be that you you, you deserve the exact opposite. And with the, the system that God uses, the favor system, the Bible says it's freely given. It's not something that's earned. It's something that is freely given. It's not because of what you've done. It's in spite of what you've done. This is at Jesus' birth. When Jesus, we're told a little bit about what happened, how he's in the manger, how Herod tries to kill him. They flee, they go to Egypt, they come back to Nazareth. And then when Jesus is 12 years old, he goes to the temple in Jerusalem and uh, his parents lose him for a few days. But then from the time that he is 12 to the time that he's 30, this is all the Bible says. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That's 18 years, 18 years. He increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, favor can go in different directions. It can go, it can be coming from God. It can be from people. But notice that it says he increased. The level of favor that is on our life can decrease and it can increase. Now, it's important because of what favor does. Favor opens doors that otherwise would be closed. Now, Jesus said this in Luke chapter four. Now, he's really beginning his ministry. He's gone to Nazareth, the city where he's been brought up. He's in the synagogue. They hand him the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opens the book. He finds the place where it's written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now listen. And to proclaim the accepted and the acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. And the free favors of God profusely abound. Now notice he said, I'm here to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, to you and I, we're like, what is that? But they all knew. It was the year of Jubilee. Now, this is what God had told Israel. Every 50 years, there's going to be a year we'll call Jubilee, and it's the year of release. 
So what would happen would be this. On the day of atonement, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies with the blood and he would sprinkle it seven times over the mercy seat and the people's sins would be atoned for. And when he came out, they would blow a silver trumpet, right? And it says, you will cause the trumpet of Jubilee to be heard on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of the atonement shall be made, the trumpet shall sound throughout the land. And this is what happens when it happens. It says, and each of you shall return to his possession and each shall return to your family. Every debt that you have would be canceled. Every property that you had sold came back to you. I mean, well, that's good. If you had sold yourself as a slave, you were set free because every slave was set free. Now, what Jesus is saying, he's saying, I'm telling you that the year of Jubilee is what I'm here to proclaim. God intends for you to be blessed. He intends for you to be free. He intends for you to prosper. Again, every debt was canceled. Everything sold was returned. Every slave was set free. And Jesus said, here's what's going to happen. The captives are going to be released. There's going to be healing. There's going to be prosperity. He said, these things are coming. The Old Testament was just a type or a shadow of the reality that was going to come. In fact, in Hebrews 10, it says this. For the law, the Old Testament, having a shadow of the good things to come, but not the very image of the things. Now, as I'm standing here, you can't see this, but those lights right there are producing a shadow right there. I can see my shadow. Now, you cannot grab hold of my shadow. In fact, if you'd like, you can come and kick it all you want. There is no reality in the shadow, right? But the fact that the shadow is there proves that there is a reality. And all these things we see in the Old Testament were shadows, and they're pointing us to a reality. And the reality all comes in Christ. And Jesus is saying, this year, the, the, the real jubilee is now. The trumpet was sounded, but that trumpet is your voice and my voice as we proclaim what Jesus has done for us. The, the, the Israelites, they knew about the year of jubilee, but there is not one record of their ever keeping that jubilee. Not one record of their ever doing it. But Jesus said the true jubilee has come as he proclaims the kingdom of God. There's freedom, there's deliverance, there's healing. In fact, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, it's righteousness, it's peace, it's joy in the Holy Ghost. He said there's release for captives, deliverance for the oppressed and the downtrodden and the bruised, those that are broken by calamity. He said those that have a broken heart, there's healing. For the, the lost, there's salvation. The day of salvation and the free favors of God, Jesus said, they profusely abound. Now, just like they needed to blow the trumpet, you and I need to blow our trumpet. We need to speak it with our voice. The year of God's free favors. And it's not a 365-day year. It is the kingdom of God time. It is the gospel age. The friendly disposition from which kindly acts proceed. It's not because you've done something. It's because somebody's heart is just turned towards you. God supernaturally turns their heart. And it's to assist, to provide with special advantages and to receive preferential treatment. And you say, well, that doesn't sound right. Well, here's the deal. 
You are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's not because of what you've done. It's because of what he's done. The Bible says that the father has qualified you for your share of that inheritance. You didn't qualify yourself. He qualified you. If you were the child of Bill and Melinda Gates, how many of you think you might have a few advantages? A little bit of preferential treatment. Yeah. Well, that's on a natural level. You are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he, he says, I want to show you some preferential treatment. I want to bless you. In fact, he said in Psalms 5, with favor, he'll surround you like a shield. His favor is to be around us. It's to protect us. It's to bring blessing. He wants to assist. He wants to bless. He wants to give you preferential treatment, special advantages. Now, our part is to believe it, to expect it. We need to begin to say it. I love what it says in Psalms, excuse me, in Isaiah 57. God said, I create the fruit of the lips. And, and I, literally for decades, I can tell you that every single morning, I confess favor over myself, over my family. Every single, single day. Let me tell you a couple stories that might help you kind of grab what favor is like. Joseph is at home. He has 11 brothers. He's working for his father. And God's favor is on him. In fact, what ends up happening, although he is the second to the youngest, he just rises to the top. He's running the family business. His brothers hate him. They sell him as a slave and he ends up in Egypt. He's bought by a man named Potiphar and he's work, He's a slave, but the favor of God's on him. And before long, he rises up and the Bible says that he is the steward of everything that Potiphar has. And Potiphar doesn't even know what he has except for what he eats. And the whole place is being blessed because Joseph's there because God's favor is on Joseph. Potiphar gets blessed. You know, your boss ought to be blessed just because you're there. Because God's favor is on you. Well, Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph. He runs, she lies, he gets thrown in prison. Now, this wasn't a nice country club prison like we have nowadays. This was rough. But again, he rises to the top. And the Bible says God gives him favor in the eyes of the jailer. And he promotes him in everything that's done in that jail. He's the doer of it. He's there for a few years. And the king, the Pharaoh, has a dream. No one can interpret it. Somebody who'd been in prison with Joseph said, oh, I remember this guy. And this guy, God uses him. God favors him. And he understands dreams. So they bring Joseph into Pharaoh. Now, I want you to get the picture. He wakes up in the morning. He's in a dungeon. He's got a life sentence. He goes before Pharaoh. Acts chapter 7 tells us that God did two things for Joseph that day. Two. First, God gave him wisdom. And then it says he gave him favor. He tells the Pharaoh, this is the interpretation to your dream. And this is what you should do. And that favor is resting on him so high, so strong, that he promotes him on the spot. And he is made prime minister of Egypt. So he wakes up in a dungeon and he goes to bed prime minister. Listen, God's favor can get you to anywhere in 24 hours. 24 hours. Now, here's what I want to say to you. That one day of favor 
got him more than he could get with a thousand days of labor. One day of favor. Listen, there were people that were spending their life and their total desire was, I want that promotion. I want to be prime minister. And he didn't get it because of how smart he was. He got it because of God's favor, God's wisdom. And God's favor will open doors that otherwise would never, ever open for you. So we need to value. We need to value favor. One day of favor, better than a thousand days of labor. There's another great story in uh, the the Old Testament. There's There's a little book in your Bible called the book of Ruth. It's four chapters. At the max, it's a 15-minute read. Great story, but I'm going to give it to you in short. In Bethlehem, which literally means the house of bread, there's a famine. There's a family there. and The the, the wife's name is Naomi. So she, her husband, her two sons go to the land of Moab, a heathen place. In fact, really about all God ever said about Moab, he says, I'll throw my shoe over Moab. Probably not the best thing to say about you. Okay. But they're there for 10 years. And during those 10 years, her two sons marry and both of them die and her husband dies. And so she decides to go back to Israel. She hears that God has visited his people, the Bible says, with bread. So she goes back to Bethlehem, the house of bread. Her two daughter-in-laws are coming with her. He says, you should go back. One of them returns, but one comes with her. And she gets to Bethlehem. And people look at her and say, wow, that's Naomi. Naomi means favored by God. That's what her name means. The favor of God or favored by God. And she says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, which means bitter. She says, because God has dealt so bitterly with me, my life is worth nothing. That's her attitude. And they arrive at the beginning of the barley harvest. The, 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 the lowest of all the grains. And her daughter-in-law gets up in the morning and she has converted and she is now following Jehovah God, the God of Israel. And she says, please let me go to the field and glean in the heads of grain, at heads of grain after him in whose sight I find favor. So before she leaves for work, listen, this is important. She is talking about her boss. How many know a lot of people talk about their boss before they go to work? (laughs) He never appreciates me. He never notices me. He's such a jerk. Okay, but that's not what she says. She says, I'm going to have favor with my boss. God's favor is going to be on me today. So the Bible says she goes and she happens Get this, she happens into the part of the field that belongs to Boaz. Now, this is favor working for her already. But the lowest level of favor appears to be a happenstance. It's just a coincidence. Now, by the way, this is not a coincidence. Because she is going to be Jesus' great, 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 grandmother. And she has to marry somebody who's a descendant of King David. And this guy, Boaz, he is. But it appears to be just a happenstance. You know, you, you need something and somebody calls you up and just says, hey, do you, you know, we've got one of these we want to get rid of. Would you need one? How I many know it's, it's a happenstance? 
You, just, you need to see somebody and, and you're like, how do I get a hold of them? And they call or you see them someplace. Just happenstances. Just things that, that they, they, they appear to be coming out of nowhere, but really it's already God's favor working for you. And she gets in the field and she's laboring. And Boaz sees her and, and says to the guys, he says, hey, take and put handfuls on purpose in front of her. Now, she gets home and she's got like 10 times as much as she's supposed to have. And her mother-in-law like, my, wow, what happened? But what happened is favor was beginning to work for her. She's getting handfuls on purpose. And, and that's really a second level of favor when you begin to notice, hey, this is, this is more than just a coincidence. I mean, God is doing something. God is blessing me. And then in a matter of less than a month, that same Boaz takes a big piece of cloth and puts six ephods full of barley in there. Now, I figured it out. It's 105 pounds. And then he takes it. And if the Bible says he laid it on her. But what he did was he picked it up and put it on her. How many of you guys will say, my wife carrying 105 pounds is all she can handle? I mean, literally, it wasn't a handful anymore. I mean, it's like 100 pounds all of a sudden. All right, what was it? Favor. Favor's working. All right. A month later, she marries Boaz and she owns the field. Come on. Come on. Now, what happened? Her favor was increasing. The Bible said about Jesus that he increased in wisdom and in favor. See, the level of favor on your life and on my life, it can increase and it can decrease. Well, first, we need to understand that and we need to appreciate it and we need to begin to say what God says about us. He says he'll surround you with favor and it will be a shield. That favor opens doors that otherwise are closed to you. You're in sales and people don't even know why. They just want to buy from you. They just want to bless you. You know, several years ago, uh, normally on almost every week, I, I go out and have lunch with two or three people from church and I was doing my normal thing and we were at a steakhouse down on down 44th Street and uh, I was eating a steak because I, I love steak. Jeannie's, Jeannie's helped me and now I eat more fish, but I really do love steak. So I had a, I had a steak and, and some of you, this is, this is going to bother you, but you just may as well know this. I have this fetish with ketchup. I love ketchup. Heinz ketchup. And when I do a steak, I, I like to baptize it. Now, not like a Presbyterian, you know, they just sprinkle a little bit. No, 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 no. I baptize it like a Baptist. You know? I mean, we smother that thing. So I'm, I'm having my steak, all right, talking with the fr the, the, this friend from church and, and uh, get done. And, and I asked the, the, the waitress, I said, uh, I said, uh, you know, could I have the bill? And uh, she points over to another table and she said, that guy over there, he paid for your lunch, both of you. And I look at him and I'm like, I don't recognize him. He sees me looking, he gets up, pulls out his business card. He comes over and he says, I'm the Heinz ketchup salesman. She's <laughs> sorry. He said, I have never seen anyone enjoy ketchup as much as you. He said, I just had to buy your lunch. Favor, favor, 
favor. And then he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I pastor down the street here. I pastor at Resurrection Life Church. You should come. He came that Sunday and got saved. Right. Still, it's been over a decade. He's still serving God today. Still serving the Lord today. You know, favor. Favor opens doors. But we need to believe it. We need to expect God to give us advantages, to make us shine. And it's not arrogant or prideful because it's not because of what we've done. It's because of what he's done. The Bible says he qualified you. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also freely give us all things? I mean, he gave us the best already. Anything else, it's inferior to what God has already given us. Now, if you've got this type of an attitude, I'm poor, I've always been poor, you know, I never did have any breaks, you know, I'm defeated, I'm depressed, I'm losing it life. You know, you got this negative mentality, nothing good ever happens to me. I'm poor and depressed and sick and nobody wants to help me. That is going to stop the favor of God. That's going to stop God's favor. And again, God gave us the Bible to change the way that we think. And he wants us to understand that he loves us, that he redeemed us. And this is the time when the free favors of God profusely abound. They are to abound. But it happens when we believe it when we begin to confess it. And again, thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints in life. God qualified you. You're a part of his family. Well, what does that look like? Well, David said it like this. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, heals all my diseases, He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The favor of God. And God wants that to be on our lives. Just a few of the things that the Bible talks about are abundance, authority, confidence, deliverance, eternal life, favor, forgiveness, guidance, happiness, health, heaven, the Holy Spirit, joy, longevity, peace, mercy, power, prosperity, protection, provision, restoration, success, strength, victory, wisdom. No matter how many negative, destructive, disappointing, devastating things have happened, they are not from God. That's not from God. Jesus said the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Look at Job. He is in the middle of all sorts of devastating things. And he said this in Job 10, you have granted me life and favor and your care has preserved my spirit. Right in the middle of everything, he's saying, God, thank you for favor. I recognize your favor. And how many of you know, God turned that ugly situation around in the end. But he believed that God was showing him favor, that that favor was going to change the situation that he's in. And this is the time of God's favor through Christ. And you and I, that's where we are. We are in Christ. You're in sales. Somebody doesn't even know why. They just want to buy from you. 
You're, the, you're not the most qualified for the promotion, but it comes. You say, why? Because the favor of God. God's favor is for you in everything that you do, in every place that you go. He said, with favor, he'll surround you like a shield. Right? We need to expect it. We need to expect it. When you expect it, you literally can't escape it. It just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. You're, you're wanting to find somebody, you run into them. You get a phone call, the raise, the promotion. And we need to be grateful for that favor, but we need to expect it. We need to confess it. Deuteronomy said, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. They'll come upon you. You know, so often people are chasing blessings. But when the favor of God is on you, the blessings are chasing you. You're not after them. They're after you. They're coming where you are. They're coming after you. Again, with the Bible says about David, who found favor before the Lord. He found favor. And when he found favor, that favor took him from a shepherd and made him a king. The favor of God. Joseph, it took him out of a dungeon and made him prime minister. And it's not just true about Joseph. It can be true in your life and in my life. One day of favor. One day can do more than a thousand days of labor. And he wants to surround you with favor like a shield. And again, Jesus said, this is the time when the free favors of God profusely abound. God wants them in your life. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy. It's for other people. Now it's for you. If you're in the kingdom of God, it's for you. If you're a child of God, it is for you. Would you please bow your heads for just a moment? Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.